That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Great. So uh, we have another awesome uh, podcast today. In fact, one that I've been looking forward to for some time. Uh, Today's guest is none other than Aaron Murphy, who played Tabitha on Bewitched. And... uh, Aaron, we are just thrilled to have you. Um, I appreciate it so much, and thank you for being here. Of course, thank you for. I'm, I'm at home, so I'm, you're thanking me for being at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I, I I appreciate that. And of course, my co-host today is Bob Bergen, who I always describe as animation extraordinaire, and that's that's basically who Bob is. But um, I, I know we're both excited to have you on here, and uh, I know Bob already said it. For those that will actually see this. You'll see, Aaron, and for those of you that are listening, well, I'm sorry, you won't get a chance to exactly see her, but you look fantastic, my gosh. Fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, I'm going to correct you. John, I'm going to correct you. Yes. Because Aaron was like three quarters of Tabitha. Her twin sister was a portion of Tabitha. Diane, yes. Not even a a quarter. No, not even. More like like one twentieth. You look nothing alike. You sounded nothing alike. And when I was a kid, I, like I would recognize that 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 the, all of Mel Blanc's voices, I was like, Tabitha's changed today. I don't know what's different, but she's kind of changed today. Now you guys aren't identical, correct? Oh no, we're we're fraternal twins, and oh. I don't I don't know if you've seen my sister lately, Bob, but we look completely different. We're different. No, I know. I've seen social media, so totally, totally, totally different. But I guess when you were infants, you were close enough that they went, yeah, because you can't use the same child for everything. Yeah, well, child labor laws back then, they knew they wanted the character of Tabitha to be the one of the focuses of the show. So they did need me to work a lot of hours. So they were only really auditioning twins and we're fraternal twins. So even back then, you know, we were two kids, basically the same size. They put it, you know, if you give two kids the same dress, it's like when I was in high school and I was a cheerleader, when I go to McDonald's with other cheerleaders, sometimes an older couple would say, oh, are you triplets? It's like, no, 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 we're cheerleaders. (laughs) Good analogy. I like that one. (laughs) That's funny. Hey, um, so I have a question for you in relation to the audition itself then. Do you recall that? Do you remember the audition for Bewitched? I, I don't. I was 11 months. Oh, no, no, no. It was right before I was two. I started acting at 11 months. Bewitched was right before I, w- I turned two. I don't yeah. remember the audition, but I've heard about it a lot. They basically brought my sister and I into a room and there were, you know, producers and directors and um, Dick Michaels, who is one of our directors and associate producers and Liz Montgomery. And they brought us in and there were toys and they kind of handed us around. And I've always kind of been outgoing and love people so I mean I think maybe other babies cried and they they thought we looked a lot like Elizabeth Montgomery which was great yeah sure definitely these by the way um and you know a lot of different things are going through my head to ask you but you know one of the things that I had read is that you uh, you felt very close to Elizabeth Montgomery and in many ways almost felt like you're a lot like her I mean from the standpoint of you know not that you don't love your mom but that you know you, you really are a lot like her in that way. Is that true? It is true. And it's it's interesting because I was on the set so much. I mean, I started, you know, basically at two and was on the show till I was eight. 
And I had the same hours as everybody else. I would still be there, you know, 11 and 12 hours a day, even though I wasn't working the whole time. So right. I was on set with Elizabeth Montgomery and Agnes Moorhead. And I mean, they were there. My parents weren't on set with me. So I spent, you know, most of my waking hours with my TV family. <laughs> wow. What was Agnes Moorhead like? Oh, God, she's amazing. She, it, in retrospect, it's, I've always been very diplomatic. I think, you know, when you grow up and you're taught to go on talk shows and you can't say things that are controversial right, and all that. Right. Um, but in retrospect, she was my favorite. I mean, she felt like my grandma. We would hang out. I mean, I'd go in her dressing room and she'd draw me little animated cartoons of like a cat with a witch's hat and tell me stories. Wow. I felt like she was my grandma. My other grandparents lived in other states. But she mm -hmm. was like a grandparent that I saw every day. And she, you know, she treated me that way. I loved her. Oh, what, what's interesting about her is, and she wasn't shy about this. She had no desire to do a TV series. And she kind of figured this thing ain't going to go. I'll do it, right. whatever. Oh, it's going to go one season, whatever. She stayed with it the entire time. She never looked like she was going through the motions, like she was bored. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who didn't necessarily want to do it, it looked like she she just committed to that part in that show. She was she was a pro. I mean, she'd been nominated for Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, our cast, everybody had a very strong work ethic. So I, I think she liked being there. I know she I have definitely heard that she wasn't interested in doing a series. And I think the story is that she was approached by Elizabeth Montgomery and Bill Asher in a department store or something. And she said, oh, yeah, sure. But TV was still new. No one knew that, you know, the show would go on for eight seasons. Right. Did you, um, in, in regards to Angus Moorhead, I heard that she was really close with uh, Dick York. And is that, do you, did you pick up on that on when you were on the set or were you I just too did, little? I didn't pick up on that. I did hear later in conversations with Bill Asher, since we were back in touch a lot when I was an adult, that um, she was not happy with the change. She loved Dick York. She didn't think he should be replaced. She wasn't particularly nice to Dick Sargent. I didn't notice it necessarily because I, you know, I was a kid. I wasn't, yeah. I was, you know, but yeah, I've heard that. I got you. I got you. What I, about, what about I, oh, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Gonna, Dick Sargent was actually first considered for the part, but was under contract with, yeah. with you and couldn't do it. Yeah, originally, um, it would have been a completely sh different show. Originally, they wanted Dick Sargent to be Darren, and they'd asked the actress Tammy Grimes to be right. Samantha. And they were both committed to doing the Tammy Grimes show. So they did that show that I've never even heard of. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would think they're both probably kicking themselves. Oh, yeah, big time. I actually read Richard Crenna, who's a yes. heck of an actor, was the first one. As I took acting classes with his son, um, Richard Crenna Jr. Or, well, I didn't, a boyfriend did, but I went to all the classes. Yeah. <laughs> Stella Adler. And his son was there, and his son told me that his dad was, was you know, right in the running and made it up to the end. Was, yeah, it weird. was it confusing for you when they changed your your, your, your television dad? It, it wasn't. I mean, even as a little kid, Dick York had a deteriorating spine. He'd hurt his back in a movie early in his career called They Came to Cordura or something. Some yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. And he'd wrenched, he'd wrenched his spine and he was in so much pain that they had this board set up that he could lean on on the set, kind of like a padded board that he could wow. lean on. And um, he was in a lot of pain and um, he had a seizure on set one day. And he, he, was, 
yeah, he went to the hospital and never came back. It's like he went to the hospital, there were discussions, and and he never came back to the show. Do you remember that? I do remember. I remember that. And I also remember his last season on the show that there would be episodes written with the Darren character and he wouldn't be able to work. So they would have to kind of rewrite episodes. And I think in his last season, we maybe did six or seven episodes without the Darren character. So then when they brought Dick Sargent in, um, what they did, um, I don't think it was to confuse the audience, but to make them maybe forget Dick York, which they didn't, is that they ran those episodes, you know, the six or seven in a row before the episode with Dick Sargent, thinking people might not notice, but obviously very different guys. Yeah, kind of tough. That was a terrible accident he had, by the way. I, I had read on that. He was, you're right, in the, the Cordera um, movie or whatever, but he was literally on a railroad car, you know, one of those hand push carts. And he was lifting, uh, I, I guess, an extra. And the extra, for some reason, this makes no sense, went over the top of the, the, the hand cart rail. So when he lifted him up, he was lifting like another 180 pounds of weight. And that's what happened. Oh my God. And the, way, the way I've heard it is that there were several people lifting it up and that everyone let go before he did. So he was the last one, last one holding it. So I don't know, I guess we could research this, but the story I had always heard is that, you know, several people were lifting this heavy, um, you know, those push things. Like yeah, robots. exactly. And that, yeah. And that um, others had let go. Maybe they said, cut, the director said cut, and he was left holding it by himself. And it just was a crippling injury. I mean, what a bizarre accident. That's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah. But, a sweet story to go along with that is that um, Dick York and I got back in touch when I was um, a very young adult. And he told me that one of the things that kept him on the show the last season is that he was a father and had lots of children and that I would uh, sit on his lap and he'd read me stories and we'd talk and it made him forget about the pain. Which mm. Oh, is that a great story? Oh my gosh, that's that's so touching. You know, one thing that's amazing is you you know you you're on the show until you're eight, but yet you you really really uh, got to know these people. I mean, it's it's just it's amazing to me. You know, the the depth. What about Elizabeth Montgomery? I mean, I I also read that you were very close and that she was really there for you. Yeah, we were we were close, but to to be fair, we stayed in touch through her children. It was you know we. We had a great relationship on set. I loved everything about her. I mean, I think she's just amazing. But after we left the show, there weren't cell phones back then or computers back then. Right. So it's kind of up to parents to keep us in touch. And um, Liz and her husband, Bill, had three kids who are right around my age. So we mm-hmm. stayed in touch through them. And then as you know, I got a little older and got back in touch with them, I was back in touch with their kids. I mean, I would call the house and talk to Liz, but it was then to be connected with Billy, who is my my dear friend. Wow. Son. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So I'm kind of going backwards a little bit, but uh, from what I understand, ABC wanted to continue on with the show, but Elizabeth Montgomery and Bill Asher, I, was, it, was it kind of like Lucy and Desi where their marriage was ending, so therefore they didn't want to continue? Absolutely. I mean, our show was picked up for two more years. So yeah. we- we were guaranteed another two seasons. So we went on hiatus expecting to come back. And I was excited because, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk that I heard about, but I heard enough that, you know, there are going to be more Tabitha um, episodes, which I loved because my character's growing up. So it was be more to do, but I, you know, I went on hiatus and then got a phone call and a letter that, that we weren't going on. And it, 
you know, do you want the gossip? Liz Montgomery was in a relationship with Dick Michaels, who I, was a director and, and, director and I'm in touch with. We're Facebook friends, but I mean, they wow. were in a relationship and two marriages ended and, and our show ended as well. Wow. And, and they did really not get together too, I heard. I heard that, that that did not, you know, it was just an affair and that was it. Well, I, I don't know about personal details, obviously, but I mean, Dick Michaels had been around from the beginning of Bewitched. I mean, I think he yeah. was there from season one. So, I mean, they were, after the show, they were together for several years. It wasn't gotcha. a gotcha. Wow. Thing. So interesting. Now, you know, here's something I'm curious about. It, now, I know Elizabeth Montgomery is famous for the nose and, you know, the nose twitch, although I hear that it's actually her upper lip that's moving that causes it. But what about you? I mean, I was I was thinking back to episodes where, you know, as a kid, you have like your moments too. What what were you instructed? How how did you how did they do that? In the very beginning, they told me to twitch my nose with my finger. I'm not going to do it. Look, Bob will do it for you. Great, Bob. No, but- <laughs> the thought process was they they didn't have me try to which my twitch my nose yeah. as a baby but the thought process was okay well you're a baby witch the baby witch wouldn't be able to do it herself she would use her fingers they, they did cute. that thank you but it then and i did the, yeah, the yeah. last i don't know if it was last one season or two seasons they were transitioning and i thought they were going to have me actually twitch my nose like liz but they didn't i mean we came back after hiatus and this was the new thing so they had me do this <laughs> were you bummed that you get to try the, the no no i it, the funny thing up until that point i mean now i know i can twitch my nose i'll never do it unless i'm hired but as a people you'll do it yeah say it again if you get a job on a remake or a sequel you'll do it yeah then we'll talk about it but right. but, but i i was asked for many many years can you twitch your nose? Have you tried to twitch your nose? Never even in the privacy of my room with a mirror <laughs> did I try to twitch my nose. <laughs> That's that hysterical. You told me that it was, part of it was a camera trick that they would film it slower and then play it back in real time. Sort of like when they would record Mel Blanc. Yep. Mel Blanc recorded slower and, and played back in real time so it sounded sped up. So she didn't really do it at that pace. That was a camera trick. It's absolutely right. She actually did that. I mean, the motion was some kind of a little nervous habit that she had. So yeah. it was just kind of like moving her lip back and forth and film it slowly, play it back fast, and you can do it too. It's good. Wow, it's a good, crazy. It's good thing her, her nervous habit wasn't scratching her ass or something like that. that <laughs> it would have been a different kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah clean show, Bob, please. Clean oh, okay. show. Thank you. Um, hey, um, the, the other thing too I had read is that she would have to, Elizabeth Montgomery would have to hold her arms up, you know, like for a while as, you know, like let's say magic was happening and people would have to move around, you know, around her. We, is that we true? All did. We all did. Everyone had to, you know, it. the camera tricks, when you watch it, it, it held up really well. I mean, the magic oh, yeah. looks really good, but we all had to freeze. So even as a young child, if I'm in frame and something is appearing or disappearing or a person is popping in or out, everybody had to freeze. So if her arms were up or if she was twitching, you know, whatever she was doing, we had to freeze while one person walks out and walks back in or they bring an object in. You can do the same thing with a cell phone. It looks almost as good. <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah. You can't now. Now they, they wow. had a lot of like regular guest actors, and oftentimes they would play different characters, but it's the same actor. Surprisingly, because I would think the home audience would go, "He was a client for Serial last time. Now he's doing 
beer or whatever. But yeah, they definitely they had we had a rotating list of guest stars that were kind of tried and true and everyone loved them and they were good at what they did and they would bring people back. I mean, there were characters that got the um, the actor who played Jack and the Beanstalk, the, the giant was also Santa Claus in an episode. So I mean, he, wasn't he also Henry VIII? Yes, yes. Oh my God, good, Absolutely. good one. So I, I think, I'm not sure if that came from Bill Asher because he was the director of I Love Lucy, which right. I will forever say is probably the greatest sitcom ever made. And I they agree. brought a lot of the same guest stars back. So yeah. I think, you know, if you know someone and you trust them, like if I were doing a lot of voiceover stuff, I would put Bob Bergen in everything yeah, I do. Of course. So I want you to go into casting. That works for me. Exactly. I, I, you I, did, I did casting, cast. didn't you? Weren't you a casting director at one point? I was a casting director. And I, I love to cast. I mean, I, I still, I cast friends plays and some short films and things. It's something I love because I still act. And actually, I'm, Bob, I haven't even said to you, I've been doing a lot of voiceover stuff during pandemic and I'm kind oh. of, kind of digging it oh. a lot. But um, as far as casting goes, Every time I get a script, if it's for me, like I've, I've got something I've got to submit tomorrow, I'm reading it. And in my head, I've cast eight other people that I think would be better, but I can't tell them that. <laughs> right. Competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. What, going back to the supporting characters, um, do you remember Paul Lind or like Bernard Fox, you know, Dr. Bombay? Of course. Um, Paul Lind, I get asked about almost more than Elizabeth Montgomery because he's mm -hmm. so memorable and everyone loves him from Hollywood Squares and all his other guest things. He wasn't on that many episodes, but he was a very memorable guy. And I do definitely, I loved working with him. I've heard he doesn't like kids, but he was always nice to me. So I, I can't speak to that. Um, and Bernard Fox, who's Dr. Bombay, I loved him on the show. But even more so, I love the relationship he and I had after the show. We really? became really close, dear friends. We would, you know, because they would do things. Our show was on um, Nick at Night in TV land. And we would go to events and things because they would uh, assemble the remaining cast of Bewitched to unveil the Salem Bewitched statue and things like that. Mm -hmm. So right. I was able to travel with him and do you know, go to lots of dinners and things with him. And he was just, such, we did Howard Stern, the Howard Stern show oh, together. It's wow. like, he's, he was a great guy. And it, it was kind of our little inside joke that we would travel and, you know, they'd put us up in first class or whatever. And I'm fairly certain that people thought I was like his child bride. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Yeah, he had that aura about him, like just class, you know? Oh, he's a great guy. Wow, that's pretty cool. What what about the uh, the the twin brothers? Sorry, Bob. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you next. Um, what about the twin brothers, Adam Stevens? What, what was that all about? It's so funny. We joke that it's kind of a trivia question because so many people don't remember the character of Adam, but right. everyone who's named Adam remembers that character. But <laughs> there, there was a little brother that was on the last couple seasons. Um, it was originally played by twin girls when it was an infant. Mm -hmm. And then um, they had two boys come on, um, David and Greg Lawrence. And um, their last name is Mandel now. They had a stage name. But um, oh, okay. they're great guys. I, I see them a couple times a year, maybe. They're, they're great guys. How interesting. Wow, that's cool that you're still in touch. I love it. I love it. Bob, go for it. Oh, no, I, just wanted, I wanted to know any, any memories of Maurice Evans. Oh, um, I loved him. He... Although everyone says Maurice, he pronounced it Morris. 
Like Morris. Oh, yeah, he's like him. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah, funny. No, he, he was English. He pronounced it Morris. They called him Maurice on the show. Um, I loved the episodes he was in. He was he was great. And it's I I found a picture not that long ago because I have all these memories of like sitting on his lap and just feeling so comfortable. And he, you know, another person who would read to me. And I I loved him. I loved his accent. I loved how how kind of grand he was. Great guy. Wow, was it a coincidence cool. that the character's name and his name were the same, or did they plan that when they cast him? I don't even know. I mean, sometimes sometimes it just works out that way, and sometimes they they write it down. I know they wrote some episodes around things that were happening in my life, so I mean, they might have done that because he was a very well respected Shakespearean actor. Oh, he was a he was a rock star in the Shakespearean world in England. I was going to say, like, the Planet of the Apes. Oh my God! That's how that's how I know. Yeah, I'm a huge course, Planet of the Apes I, fan. Yeah, but but I was amazed he he put up with that makeup. You know, he just didn't seem like the type. Yes, make me a monkey. I would be delighted to be a monkey. He was no, old, old school actors. I'm telling you, old school actors don't complain. It's funny because mm-hmm. I I mean, Bob, you might say the same thing. But the more I'm on sets, the more I come to realize that you know the old school people who are, who are there. They're always on time. They know their right. lines and everybody else's. It's like I pride myself. I'm always early. I know my stuff. I do the homework. And then there'll be these new people who are like on a reality show or something, and they cause trouble. Yep. And they they want to you know old school actors. Okay, you want me to wear a monkey suit? I'll wear a monkey suit. I mean, you're there for the job, and you're lucky to have it. Yeah. Right. That's the that is the right attitude. What yeah. hey, by the way, speaking of effects, for you, what was like one of the wildest, I guess, special effects, you know, that you saw created? Because I mean, I, I know a lot of it was the stage hands. What's like one that you were like, that's that was pretty wild? I I was fascinated by all the special effects. The prop guy, Dr. Um, Uncle George was one of my favorite people on set. But um the, there was, I liked everything that like popped in and the smoke and all that. The one effect I hated, they would, um, it happened several times where they'd bring a message in a balloon and they like bring this balloon down, would float down with yes. a message. And then there'd be a guy with like one of those dart gun things that he'd like, and like shoot it and it would pop. And I, I know he he was not going to miss now, but as a child, I thought, what if he hits me? What if it's a poison dart? You know how kids think? Yeah, <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah, so that was the only, that's the only thing I remember ever making me slightly nervous. I remember being very still, like, don't let him shoot me. <laughs> oh my God. Plus, what about just the pop of the balloon? That's, I mean, yeah, that's fine. You know? <laughs> Jesus, wow. That's pretty funny. Um, you we know, also did one of the first green screens. We, we did green screen, I think, before almost anybody. On the episode I mentioned already, the one with um, Jack and the Beanstalk, where I went into the storybook, they did green screen to make me small. And I, I don't know that it was done much before that. Is that interesting? Yeah. I, I have to admit, I didn't expect you to say that. I, I didn't think that they would have done it back then. That That's pretty wild. The um, I had, by the way, I, this is this is another segue. I had read that when Elizabeth Montgomery, uh, she had passed, and this was a few years after, they had done an AIDS benefit and um, her clothes were actually auctioned off, but I heard you were the one wearing them. Is that true? Yeah, I don't even think it was a few years after. Maybe, I think it was maybe a year or two after. Okay. And, um, and her family wanted to do something with their clothing and AIDS causes were very, very near and dear to her heart. and. You know, I was involved with her daughter, Rebecca, and helping kind of plan parts of it. And I did. I modeled in the fashion show. Yeah, I modeled her clothes. Okay, that's pretty cool. Also very, 
touching as well. Um, I had. I, have, I actually have some of them. I didn't. I would not let them give me anything. So I, I bid just like everybody else. I've uh, got a, her boots from um, Mrs. Sundance, a Western she mm -hmm. did. And oh, I think I've got wow. a Gucci tank top that she wore in her private life. Yeah. Okay, I, that's kind of cool. Didn't she meet Robert Foxworth on that film? I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. They that were together right until she died. Yeah. That was one of the hardest secrets of my life is not saying that they were married. Um, because I knew when they got married, because I'd just done a, a show. It was it was the same, I think it was the same year that she did the AIDS parade with um, Dick Sargent, where right. they were the yes. marshals. And I, I had just done a talk show with Dick Sargent and I so wanted to be in the parade with them. And I kind of pled my case, but there wasn't enough room in the car. So um, that right around that time, her a couple of her kids came over and they told me that she and Robert had gotten married. So I had to keep that secret for, a while. <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty wild. I um, but by the way, part of the uh, of the podcast that I, I threw out there before this this interview is I said to some of the fans, I'm going to be talking with Aaron. If there's a question that you'd like, let me know, and I'll pick one. So <laughs> I, this is a, that that's a first, by the way, for us. But oh, I wanted by to. By the way, uh, could have done that a long time ago. I know yeah. I could have. Hey, <laughs> there right. is. So I just thought right. of it. Time to but, start. But anyway, um, there was a gentleman, Gary from Australia that wrote and he said, um, there's a rumor that uh, apparently there's a fan out there, Dan or whatever. I'm not sure if you even know who this person is. I don't know. But apparently there's behind the scenes footage from the, the set and pit, you know different set pictures that were taken. And um, there was a rumor that you or Diane might have those. Is there any truth to any of that? It <laughs> might release it. I mean, obviously they want to see it. This is hilarious. I don't know. I don't, well, the only Dan I can think of is my dad. <laughs> I mean, there weren't fans on the set. I bet he's a fan. Yeah, <laughs> of course. He's one of my biggest fans. <laughs> um, no, there, are, there are a couple pictures and, you know, just very brief video stuff. I, I gave some of it, um, the video, I gave a little bit of video a few years ago to Entertainment Tonight. It might have been when Liz passed away. I don't even remember right. what the reason was. But I mean, I did give a little... I don't know. I, I just am in the process of transferring all my home movies to um, digital so I can watch. I mean, I'm way behind the times on that. Yeah, I think so. that was part of what he was interested in, to yeah. see some of that. I don't know how these rumors get out there because I haven't told anybody that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Although maybe they're, maybe they're just fishing. <laughs> well, they I mean? might be. They might be. But would, do you have any thoughts of possibly doing that, possibly releasing that at some point? I might. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. It's like as life goes on and we all get older, there are things I've said I would never do that I, I have reconsidered doing. I, you know, I've been asked to write a book a lot of times. I've sure. been asked several times to do different bewitched projects that luckily were never made because I mean, I would read them and they just weren't good. And I mean, there were a couple where we went so far as to go to pitch meetings with Dick Sargent and, and Bernard Fox and wow. um, they just weren't good. And I don't think there's any reason to do a remake just to do a remake. Mm -hmm. And the show is so good. I mean, you don't want it to be something where, you know, usually they might do a reunion so the, the fans of the show could see what the cast looks like, or maybe they wonder what's happened to the characters. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think there's a, you know, there's not a reason to do it just to do it. Well, and I'm I want, you know, I wouldn't want to do it if it were less. Because I right. mean, there are a lot of remakes that I will not mention. They're not as good as the original. And then people always say, yeah, the show was good, but then they did that stinker reunion. So I, I don't know. I mean, well, at this the, point. 
the movie that they did with the Will, the, the Will Ferrell movie, which evidently with Penny Marshall started out as more true to the series. Yeah. But the movie they did was not Bewitched. Yeah. But 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 I do hear that there is another movie in the works that is going to be closer to the the original series. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. I haven't talked to anybody about the new project. I talked a lot over the years about the um, the feature, the Nicole Kidman Will Ferrell one. Mm -hmm. I think my opinion is different than most people, and it tends to surprise people. I liked it. Did you? I, Interesting. I, did. Did you? Yeah. I went. I went to the premiere in New York. I saw it when every, you know, like when everyone else saw it. I liked that it wasn't a remake. I thought it was kind of a clever way to have the characters and have the, you know, the magic. And I thought it was lighthearted. I thought it was, you know, kind of a cute little delightful romantic, romantic comedy. I think yeah. if you had, if they'd done a straight remake of Bewitched. There'd be so much criticism about, well, that's not, you know, that the original character. And then, you know, there's too much comparison. So I thought it was good. The only thing I would have done differently, and I've said it from the minute I heard they were doing that film, or maybe even before, I always thought if they did a Bewitched film, that it should be, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Jim Carrey. I thought would be a good Darren. And I thought midway through the film, they switched Darren's with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Just That's like the show, terrible. you know, kind of kind of more like Brady Bunch where their, their sequel is kind of campy and funny right. in its own way. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of a good wink and nod at the original, but um, I've heard there's a new one, but I heard, I don't know, two or three years ago, CBS was supposedly doing a Bewitched pilot. I yeah, that's true yeah. too. So, I mean, yeah. I'm in I'm in the process of deciding if I want to get more happily back in the business. I always said that when my youngest child grew up, since I definitely have kind of guided my career around family, I said when my youngest is out of school, I will get back in the business. My youngest is about to graduate from high school. We had the pandemic. A bunch mm -hmm. of work kind of got thrown in my lap. So I mean, sure. I'm thinking about it. So it might be the time to get an agent in the next year or so, but we'll see. That was how a about, question that didn't, <laughs> go ahead. How about a cartoon? I would love to do a cartoon. And this is something that nobody probably knows. When I was in my twenties, Bill Asher um, brought me in and we were in talks of doing an animated um, Bewitched, like with, with Tabitha. They had illustrators there who were kind of drawing me. I was gonna voice it. They would do some interstitial stuff where um, it'd be live action where I'd be talking. It was, it was really a cute idea, but for whatever reason, it didn't get picked up. I thought there with, was, I thought there was an animated. There was, there was one, yeah, right after Bewitched, there was one, um, I wasn't even called into audition. Oh, no, no, you're talking about was Tabitha and Adam, yeah. Tabitha and Adam right. and the clown family. That's that it. One. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It, the weird thing is it was made. I've never even seen it. <laughs> so I'm not, and I watched a ton of TV. So you I'm not sure. And you could have totally done it. You could have totally done it. Yeah, I know. That's so weird. They didn't, they didn't have you yeah. come in. No. And it's when I was a kid. So, I mean, it yeah. was, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't do the Tabitha series when they did it since they did um, the Tabitha series. Um, the yeah, a couple years after, but I was 12. I mean, they wanted the character to be an adult. So, I mean, once again, yeah. I, I got some money from it since at the beginning they did an opening sequence with my photos and stuff. So right. I made a little cash on that, but um, it wasn't even something where they thought about 
you know, Tabitha, the preteen witch, they, they wanted the character to be grown up. How bizarre. That yeah. really is. What, by the way, when you were a kid, uh, just a, as a child actor, I mean, I read that you had auditioned with like Jodie Foster and, and you know, a lot of uh, Helen Hunt. Um, is that true? Do you remember being around all of these oh, yeah. other actors? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I was on Bewitched, I, I don't know if it was a non-compete policy, but I had something where I did Bewitched and I only did Bewitched. So I didn't audition for anything the entire time I was on the show. But as soon as the show went off the air, I started auditioning for commercials and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I did lots and, you know, over a hundred commercials in my life. But wow. I auditioned with um, Jodie Foster, Helen Hunt, Kim Richards. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I can't think of her name, Mary from Little House on the Prairie, like all the kid actors back in the time. If you're basically the same age-ish, you can go three or four years either side. If, if they're looking for a blonde, all the same people come in. If they're, you know, you kind yeah. of watch with the same people. Oh, that's funny. And what, now, I, in a way, I kind of kind of give kudos to your parents on this one, but um, I, I read that it was, it, at one point, they just said, let's give you a, like a normal childhood, you're moving to Orange County. Is, is what, what took place there? Because, I mean, you don't just go on to have a normal life. Then I read you were homecoming queen. I mean, you know, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. I'll go back and forth on this one. I, okay. I, I will get, my parents were great parents. They did put away, you know, the 10% you're supposed to. I don't have horror stories like most kid yeah, actors. Yeah, the Jackie but Coogan the, Law. Yeah, yeah, but the way the Coogan Law is written, it's only written that 10% of your money from a television series or a film is put away. Not a penny from commercials is put away. And there's oh, still, know you know, there's still, you know, 80 plus percent that hasn't gone to a, an agent or what. So, I mean, you know, 10% of my money from the show is put away, which is great. We moved to Orange County, and it, I can joke about it now as an adult. I think we moved to Orange County because I didn't get another sitcom. <laughs> I think that's probably the <laughs> But we did, and you know what? It wasn't a hard transition for me. I've, I've always been a people person. I have strong feelings that you should be nice to everyone. So I never, I don't know, I'm more... Um, kind of self-deprecating. Like I'm not someone who walks around and says, I'm famous. I'm, I'm, I'm nice to everyone. I, so does that make sense? So it I does. It does. Yeah, so I don't walk into a room and expect people to fawn all over me. I'm the person who's, who will go over and help them set up craft services. So um, I think moving, we moved to Orange County. I made friends right away. I was the, in seventh grade is when we moved down there. Wow. And I was seventh grade class president. And I, oh you know. Oh my I gosh. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that, that's not somebody becoming like the fly on the wall. That's like somebody yeah. going full force. That, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm outgoing and I, you know, I kind of want to do everything. I've always felt that way. So. Did they really know that you were Tabitha or? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Everyone, it's, it's the weirdest thing, but it seems like forever everyone wherever I go either knows it or or figures it out fairly quickly I remember going to college in San Diego and thinking oh well this is a transition no one will know me down here I'm in you know I'm I was 16 I graduated at 16 so I thought no one will recognize me bewitched is a long time ago and I showed up for sorority rush and the fraternity houses had guys sitting in chairs in the front lawn with signs saying, which one of you is Tabitha? Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, it definitely follows me. Wow. Um, so Aaron, you were talking about college and uh, that is, that, that is amazing that they, uh, that they did that, that they put, 
put your name out there. So were you able to then kind of, you know, you know, kind of just assimilate after a while? Like, does that kind of go away or is it just a constant thing? No, I I don't know. I know only what my perspective of it is. I don't know what the people around me are thinking. So I'm not sure. I go to this place and get my hair done every every so often. And there's this really sweet guy who works the the front desk there. And I'm always nice to him and he's always nice to me. And when I checked out the other day, he said, I have to ask, you were on Bewitched, weren't you? And I said, I was, and, and we talked about it, but it was funny in that I, I could tell when he found out that I was on Bewitched because people get a different look on their face, <laughs> yes. had glint in their eye when they, when they recognize someone from something. But um, good example, I was at dinner last Saturday um, and Pink, the singer oh, and her family were at the same outdoor sushi place that I was. It's like a little, I'm not going to say it because I don't want everyone to go there, but a little local um, sushi place here in Malibu. And I walked in and she was right behind me. And I turned around, I was like, oh my God, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's pink. <laughs> it's like, right. But I didn't, I didn't say anything because I never want to bother someone with their family. But I, for the rest of my meal, enjoyed watching pink with her family because her sweet little son broke a couple bowls <laughs> yeah. accidentally. And yeah. it was kind of fun watching a famous person be a mom. So mm, and yeah. no one in there is acknowledging who they are. And I, I know, I'm not saying I'm as famous as pink. It's certainly a different level, but I know that there are times when I'm places and I can tell when someone is, you know, at a table, three tables over is talking about me. I, I have that thing where I can hear it. I can tell when someone's taking my picture, but you know, it's been that way my whole life. So I just, you know, smile a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet. What, what about, you know, going back to um, the supporting characters, by the way, I wanted to know because two of my favorites, well, the first one was Aunt Clara. And I think that's, is it Marion Lauren? Marion Lauren. Yeah, Marion Lauren. And um, Gladys Kravitz. I mean, those were like my two. Well, yeah, there's Alice Pierce, who unfortunately passed away, right? And then- Alice Alice Pierce passed away before I started. I started um, in the very first color episode and so did Sandy Gould. So um, she was awesome. She's another one that I spent a lot of time with as an adult and, I thought she was great on the show, but I have so many funny memories of her as an adult where she was convinced that I should be the next Heather Locklear. She had it in her mind. So she was like, you know how you have a proud relative like my son, yes. she's a doctor. She was so convinced for some reason that I should be Heather Locklear. And I thought it was so sweet. And I, I had to keep telling her, well, Heather Locklear is Heather Locklear. Right, right, right. Well, things also worked out a little bit better for you. I mean, unfortunately, Heather has had some tough times. So that's, yeah, you're, I think you, you came out on the right right side of that coin. Um, what about, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Aunt Clara, I had heard this. Now, I, I want to know if there's truth to this, that the doorknob thing, that that was actually for real, that she had this this yeah. fetish, how, whatever you want to call it, collection of, of doorknobs. That- yeah, I wouldn't call it anything like a fetish. She liked doorknobs. Yeah. And she, you know, people, I collected stamps when I was a kid and coins because that's what kids did back then. But yeah. um, she collected doorknobs. And I remember being delighted when she had her bag of doorknobs and I could pick out a doorknob. So I've got a couple, no. a couple of her doorknobs. <laughs> that's wild. 
Oh my gosh. You mean yeah. she actually brought like a, a bag well, to, to the set them, and said, hey. They used them on the set, but some of the, I, they must have been hers or she was giving away the show props. I don't know. <laughs> That's she was She was a brilliant comedic actress. I mean, her comedy oh. was, and you know, as 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 you say, that Sandy Gold replaced uh, Alice Peer. I mean, I hate the word replace because they all played it differently. You know, I I knew. Um, um, oh, help me, um, Esmeralda. Oh, Alice Ghostly. I knew Alice pretty well, yeah. um, but she they 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 were basically let's let's get somebody to kind of replace the Aunt Clara type of character, mm -hmm. but they never replaced. They played yeah. individual characters. But what, I have I have a couple of favorite episodes. I think for, for Belly Laughs, my all-time favorite episode was the one where Samantha thought that Clara had turned herself into a cow. <laughs> oh my God, I remember that. And, it, it's, it's, it, and it's a cow in the living room and she's on the phone with Darren. She goes, Clara's right here eating her oats. What are you talking about? <laughs> for Belly Laughs, that was my favorite episode. But the episode that scared me was the one where you were skating and Samantha for a split second turned herself into an ugly witch. Mm -hmm. I was little, I was about, uh, oh gosh, about six, maybe seven years old. And we, for some reason, it was the only episode we watched in my parents' bedroom on their TV. I never watched on that TV again, Bewitched, because that was the scary yeah. I had to watch. And the funny um, thing is, they had to make her be a witch when she was a good skater, because Elizabeth Montgomery wasn't was a good skater. I love that that's the reasoning behind it. What you know, what about when you were on the set? The the other thing that I, I have read is that they were really particular. Like you, you, they would literally have you take your shoes off and they would keep that as the placement. Is that true? Like for people, they'd have to keep their shoes in place? It's a lie. It's and not that's true. All balloon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. We, we used either tape, you know, tape or chalk like everybody else. We didn't leave our shoes there. Okay. Good, good to hear. I, I, I thought that was a little bit bizarre. Yeah, what, no, I've heard that one. So once the show ended, and of course, you know, you are, you know, you're still a little kid, um, which, you know, because you've mentioned that you stayed in touch with Dick Michaels, you stayed in touch with uh, Bernard Fox. What, what, um, I guess, what actors or what people associated with the show uh, did you stay in touch with, you know, until, of course, some of them passed away? Oh, wow. Um, gosh, I mean, Agnes Moorhead passed away just a few years after we went off the air. So yeah. back in the 70s. Um, gosh, the, I mean, nobody really is left. So, I yeah. mean, peripherally, I stayed in touch with Liz, mainly through her kids, to be honest. Right, but, right. Um, well, I'm still in touch with her, like family to me. Oh, so you are still close. Okay. Oh, to Elizabeth Montgomery's kids? Absolutely. And Bernard Fox up until the end, um, Casey Rogers until she passed away, who was Louise Tate, Sandy mm -hmm. Gould. And I, who's the one who's still alive? Bernie Coppell was on a few episodes. He played like the apothecary, like an old yeah. witch doctor. Um, he went on. He was on Love Boat. Oh right. heck yeah! He was on. He was on Get Smart. He was Siegfried on Get Smart. Um, yes. I see, I see him at events all the time. I I adore Bernard Fox, but not Bernard Fox. Um, Bernie Coppell. Bernie Coppell. But yeah. every time I see him, there are photos of me and he'll. You know, we talk, and I I feel close to him since you know, the common ground of the show, he'll come over and he says the most wildly inappropriate things to me. So I'm laughing because <laughs> inappropriate in a hilarious way. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's funny. Are you, um, do you have memories of being on the, you know, on the set itself? Obviously there were other shows being shot 
around you. Uh, do you do, did you have any exposure to any of those other? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember being on this. I mean, I grew up on the set, so I remember everything about the set. Yeah. Um, everything about the set. It's, I'll, I'll answer your question, but I'm going to say a quick thing. It's why now when I'm on a set, whether it's a talk show or a, a TV show or whatever, people always tell you, watch out for the wires, watch out for this. No one has to tell me that because I'm so aware <laughs> that they're there. I don't, no one has to say, and there's a drop here and there's, you don't have to tell me. I know it's there. It's like, I can feel it. But oh, um, cool. let's see the other shows that were shooting. The one I remember most, and it wasn't even on that long was The Flying Nun because I adored yeah. Sally Field and I would see her all the time at the little, there was a little cart outside where I get my snacks before I go in and she'd always stop and talk to me while I was getting peanuts. <laughs> so oh, um, that Partridge Family did, oh. uh, The Monkees, you know, there were a lot of different shows. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Did you, did it, was, you were, it was, it was Screen Gems. It was that yeah. whole, it was, it was, wasn't it? I Dream of Jeannie and, yeah. and Room 222. I mean, it was just a, a fabulous, that, that lot where they had the house, Warner Brothers Animation is there and we record there quite a bit. And I always get to work either a little bit early or stay a little bit late just to walk that neighborhood, yeah. which for all intents and purposes has been unchanged all these years since, since yeah. the 40s when they did the Blondie movies and whatnot. Yeah, Blondie I, Street, right? Isn't it still right? Called that? Yeah. Well, and they I, just filmed WandaVision there. Yes, they, because oh, those yeah. comes through. I hear, I hear they're tearing it down. I've heard that too. I've heard, I've heard it's happening fairly soon, but I guess it depends how much they keep filming there and how much it can be profitable. And I will be sad when they tear it down. But do you know where the real Bewitched House is? I know it's somewhere here in LA or something. I've, I, I've never driven by because it's not the real Bewitched House. The real Bewitched House is on the Warner Brothers lot and it was at Sunset Gower Screen Gems. <laughs> but wow. here's the deal. They took they took a picture of a real house yep. and they inverted it. Yep. So but but it, but it was designed, it was designed after that. But by the way, that was also Gidget's house in the new Gidget. It was Dr. Bellow's house Dr. in Bell, I Dream. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Bellows. Also, the interior of the Stevens living room, but I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. Because it's not an it's not it's not a practical set where you can use the interior for 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 shooting. They use that all soundstage, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had the whole soundstage, but my thoughts are maybe on days where we weren't filming or if we were out at the ranch, maybe they came in and shot then since it was set up and you just moved the furniture out. I've never it's never made sense to me, but. It's wow, so identified great. as the Stevens yeah. living room with a staircase. It, it didn't make oh, I sense. I can picture it in my head right now. Yeah. There's got to be another set somewhere. Don't do, use the exterior, use the <laughs> interior. Maybe it was just because there was like, fans will get a kick out of this. Maybe, I don't know. Different, different producers, always compared by the way. Everybody compared the two. Yeah, well, and that's one of the questions. There, there are set questions that I'm asked, obviously, all the time. I bet. That's, that's one of the ones. It's like, so who is more powerful, Samantha or Jeannie? And I've, from the very first time I was asked that when I was very young, I've always had the same answer. Well, you know, obviously, Samantha is more powerful because Jeannie is a genie and has a master and lives in a bottle. <laughs> so right. there's really no comparison. It's kind of wild you were on the same uh, lot. I mean, it's just that yeah. that's really small world, you know. Same lot, same production company. Say it again. I couldn't hear you, Bob. Same lot, same production company. Screen Gems did both shows. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I knew I when you mentioned Flying Nun, because we had Bob and I had done uh, an episode on I Dream of Jeannie. And there's this, you know, I'm not going to go into the story because we don't need to on that one. But uh, I there's a story uh, that because Flying Nun was right next to I Dream of Jeannie when they were shooting that the nuns, you know, they would actually have nuns visit the Flying Nun set. And uh, they would mingle over to some of these other sets. So anyway, there, there were some interesting stories there when they went to other sets. But um, yeah, I, I can only imagine. So you, yeah, you must have been very close to this. Do you remember the monkeys? I mean, do you remember like Davy Jones and seeing those guys? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you kind of, you see people around. So yeah, yeah, I remember all of it. Wow, that's that's so cool. That really is. Did it did it have any effect on you though as a kid? I mean, you're you're talking. You're eight years old. Did you have any sense like, oh wow, these guys are like the monkeys. They're like huge right now. You know, no, no, it's it's the weirdest thing, and I think it's because I started so young. Yeah. that actors don't hold any great appeal, like a lure to me. It's not like, oh my gosh, they're so famous because you know I was around really famous people, and they were yeah. just people I loved in my life so I don't know I've, I have found over the years that actors especially male actors they're always smaller than life in person you know how you expect mm -hmm. people to yes. be bigger than life I always find actors to be smaller except Charlton mm -hmm. Heston he was huge <laughs> yeah that's so true that's so true what um god what was I gonna ask you oh I know what I had asked this of Jerry Mathers and I was curious about um because Bewitched also had this they had comic books. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember as a child seeing a comic book with you, your character in there? Yeah, yeah. I, they had comic books um, that I was in and I'm on the cover of, I don't even know how many, three or five or something. Yeah. But um, we had, there's a Tabitha doll, there are paper dolls, there were coloring books. We had all kinds of stuff. And the weirdest thing is my parents saved none of it. Not a oh. thing. So, so the things I know it's shocking. So the things that I've gotten, I've had to go on eBay like everybody else and no. buy, like I've had to buy photos of myself where it's like, oh, I've never seen that picture. So I have to go <laughs> online and buy my own stuff. <laughs> Can't you barter? I'll give you this if you give me that. No, because then I don't want people to know that I'm buying it. It's it always. Oh, always, okay. Got you. No, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm so talented at That's so cool. Well, yeah. No, the a funny thing that's in that same vein is I over the years I somehow lost all my yearbooks. You know, like your high school and junior high yearbooks. Yeah, that's I yeah. So I bought one of my high school yearbooks on eBay, and when I got it in the mail, my picture was circled. It says Tabitha and like hearts and stars around my picture. No. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Too funny. Wow, that's, that's crazy. I got I got two questions. Go for it. Well, one question is, uh, the show changed in style year after year after year. I mean, of course, from black and white to color. But the, the feel of the show, the music of the show, there was an obvious shift in let's change the music. They kept the sound effects for the most part. But they, they I mean, Samantha's clothing went from dutiful housewife with gloves to hip huggers and it's like with her when her when her hair went straight yeah very was, much so was this yeah. something that you were aware of that the producers actually said we've got to change with the times we have to keep this show relevant yeah it what it wasn't that we were changing with the times because the feel of the show in a lot of ways didn't change with the times right. still you know we were up against all in the family and we're still doing magic and cute i'm ice skating and things like that so we really 
didn't change as much with the times. But I think a lot of that came from Liz herself that, you know, women weren't wearing bras, women were wearing bell bottoms that she wanted to make it more current. And I, I think it was a good decision. I mean, we did have a couple um, episodes, the Sisters at Heart episode is was very topical where- Oh, the uh, blackface? Yeah, it, that, was, that was Liz Montgomery's favorite episode. For some reason, it's not one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I loved shooting it. I, I don't know. I mean, there's certain ones you end up liking more than others. But, but you remember that, the actual shooting of that oh, one? Absolutely. And that one was great because it was written by a high school class in South Central mm -hmm. Los Angeles. 10th graders. The, yeah, the, were 10th graders. The teacher came in, I guess, on Friday morning and was talking to the kids about, did you do your homework? Did you do? And no one in the class had done whatever, whether it was an assignment or something, they weren't prepared for the class, but every single student had watched Bewitched. Mm -hmm. So they decided it was this great progressive teacher. Let's write an episode of Bewitched. And it was a way to engage the kids and get them writing and doing something that they were interested in. And they wrote the script and sent it to um, Bill Asher and Liz. And they loved the script. We brought the, the students and the teacher just in for a set tour. And then it was decided that they would, you know, change it like they, they had Barbara Avedon come in and, and kind of tweak the writing but mm -hmm. with the students and the teacher and they turned it into an episode and it it won um a, the special governor's Emmy that year yeah. and um yeah and it was wow. a great episode and it, I mean it, it could have been very controversial and and I say it in a light-hearted way these days I mean I posted the pictures on Instagram sure. last year and I said it's very controversial that I was a small child in blackface. And it was, you know, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's something I'm proud of because the episode had such a good message, but it could have gone horribly wrong. It well, really well, also, and, and, and I don't mean to throw this in from a political standpoint, but it, I believe too that it was the, the it was an African-American um, class that wrote it. Yes, is that, yeah. is that, oh, absolutely. That right. Yeah. Yes. It was but also it, it wasn't it wasn't preachy. It was it was it was done in such a charming, actually from the kids' point of view. Right. The innocence yeah. of the kids just wanting to do something to show that we're we're the same. We're similar. It same. And it's it's such it's a, great a message. message. And I mean it was not that long after the Watts riots, which was a huge thing in LA. And you know, here we are all these years later, and not to get political because I don't tend to lean up sure, no. interviews, but the fact that some of those issues we're obviously still dealing with, and that same message still holds up. So I think they were definitely risk takers to make that episode, and I think it was really well done. I love that they were on set, by the way. That That's okay. cool you that know, they brought them on so set. Much, I never knew that. Yeah, oh, it was so much fun. It's like, and the kids got haircuts from like our, our hair our hair people oh. and teacher oh. and the girls got their makeup done. They all had director's chairs and that said writer on the back of their chairs. Oh, is that we, cool? It's great. We did our regular Monday table read, except it was a huge table and they all had their chairs around our table. So they were there for the week. It was awesome. That's, oh, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, progressive. Bob, did you get both your questions out? Oh, sorry, Bob. This is all great. I love Cato and I love it when a conversation just organically takes twists and turns and you're yeah. like, like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it away, Cato. We were texting each other, isn't she great? I mean, seriously. <laughs> 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 My other question True. is, and I don't know if, if this is noticeable by other people, but Liz just looked like she was checked out the last season. You can see, you know, that Samantha had a spark. My mom was very much like Samantha. 
very I'd in, agree. In, 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 in her facial expressions and her, her energy. And that last season, maybe it was because of the marital issues. I don't know, but she just. I it was last two seasons. I'll be honest with you. I thought, I think, I thought the last I, two kind of. I think when they straightened her hair, I think that did something. Yeah. It just changed everything. But she just looked, she looked checked out. And I would see her on interviews and they would say, what was it like? And she would always say, well, I was never bored. And I wanted to just yell at her, except for the last season. Yeah. Did you I, sense that? It didn't, I didn't pick it up because I was a kid and I, I was always so happy to be there. I mean, I, I was, I loved getting my script every week and like highlighting how many lines I have. It's like, yay, it's right. about me this week. So I mean, I love that. But um, watching the episodes now, which I don't do that often. I have this weird part of me that feels like I'd be so embarrassed if someone walks in and I'm <laughs> watching myself on television. There's something about right. it that's that seems narcissistic. I, d right. I don't think it is. I, I don't. I know, but I, I totally see what you're saying. You know what I mean? There are yeah. people who say, oh, I don't like watching myself because, oh, I look awful or I sound awful. No, I, I get that I was a cute little kid on TV, but I just have this thing like people are going to walk in and like, oh, look at you watching yourself. You're, you know, kind of full of yourself. <laughs> so I didn't watch it that much. Occasionally, you know, I'll walk by a room and it'll be on TV. And I, I can see that... Um, Maybe she was checked out. I, you know, in retrospect, obviously she wasn't happy at least the last season or, or she was happy in different ways. So maybe she didn't want to be there on the set with You Will. can tell the same thing from Lucille Ball in the last couple of Lucy Desi comedy hours where obviously they're just, they had a contract. They had to finish the shows and you could see that right. she wasn't hundred percent there. I got to tell you another favorite episode of, that you were in. I love the one where you where Endora makes you smart in school. And, oh, that's and, a good one. And, and, and you said, I remember saying to my mom, mom, what does ad infinitum mean? <laughs> I you can't said, believe you remember that. I, I do. I, I remember yeah. the episode, but I don't remember that word. And with the teacher that was always your teacher, after, I don't even know Body the name. Great. She was terrific. Yeah. She was terrific. But you, I remember you said ad infinitum. What's ad infinitum, mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that episode. That's oh, a great. I had a lot of lines in that one. So <laughs> you, that was, a, it's, that was, but that was probably, I think, was that the last season? I think it, it was either the seventh or eighth season. Because you got older because you, you could do more. I mean, that's why you must have exactly. been drunk. Exactly. Two, two seasons because now she's a preteen and she could possibly go oh, out. With but it's not, it's not even true. It was just the writing back then. They, they thought of Bewitched as really an adult show. And I guess in some ways it was. So the, the episodes weren't that focused on kids. I mean, if you watch shows that were, I mean, Family Affair was at the same time and every episode was kid driven. Right, and, very much and Brady so. Bunch. I wanted to be yeah. on the Brady Bunch. I thought, gosh, that would be the dream job. They're in every episode, every, you know, getting in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, constantly. I've got, I have a question. I know we, we briefly talked about Agnes Moorhead and, and obviously you were close. What about when she did, I know that she left, this is what I read once again, maybe that's not true, but that she she left shortly uh, after Dick York did because they were they were close and she felt like that was the, the move. Is that all baloney too? Okay. It's baloney. Yeah. <laughs> tell it, tell what, why did she leave then? Do you know? And, and I, I feel like she was always around. I mean, she, she did fewer episodes, but she was still on the show. Yeah. She was on the ice skating episode. I mean, she was there till the end. Okay, just maybe just a few less, yeah. like she had cut back a little bit. Yeah, I don't even, I want to say she was probably in almost every episode. I know there, there are super fans of the show who know so much more oh about the show than any of us. But yeah. I, I 
am fairly certain. I know she was on till the very last season. Oh, I love I, Serena. I, I, have a, I have a question. What was it like working with Liz when Liz was Serena? Huh. It was um, more fun working with Liz when Liz was Serena. Is that right? Yeah, and it, because Liz on her own was very maternal. And uh -huh. so, and, you know, a little, a little more serious, but, you know, kind of maternal. And she called me Erin Margaret if she was mad about something like my parents did. But when she was Serena, I think she was having more fun. So she, she just was a little different, yeah. It was such a great character. Such superb acting. Yeah, she had she definitely had fun doing Serena as anyone as any actress would. That's a fun thing to be able to do because it's you know complete opposite. Yeah, then you know, no, do you know do you know do you know who played Serena in the credits? Yes, do I know? I'm, a, I'm oh. asking you. No, I'm, asking <laughs> oh, I do, and I'm going to kill you for that because I do, and I it went right out of my head when when you said that. I do, but I can't. I can't. No, tell. Go ahead and right. say what it is. On three, ready? On three, ready? One, two, three. Pandora's, Pandora's box. box. Pandora what? Say it again. Pandora's box. box. Pandora's it's box. A, yeah, it's a play on Pandora's box. Yeah. It was Pandora's oh, box. <laughs> I should have known that. I, I totally remember reading that. And I, I couldn't, it's, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes you say something, it's like, poof, it's gone. There's so many, there's so many people who truly think it's a different person. It's like, oh, that's, no, that's not Elizabeth Montgomery. It says the other name in the credits. It's like, no, that's a joke. <laughs> no. You know, we, Bob and I, like I said, we did the, the genie one and p the same thing. Fans thought that that was two different people. And it's like, well, they, they look identical. Yeah. You know? I, I think it was very flattering. Um, the imitation kind of that translated from genie, from bewitched to genie. The, when, yeah. when she had the, the cousin with the dark hair, I thought, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like, come on. Now, what what about, um, I realized that you primarily played Tabitha and your your sister was, you know, Diane was part of it. Did, was there ever any animosity or anything there but to, over yeah. that? No, I think um, it takes a certain type of person, especially a certain type of kid to kind of fit into that environment. I mean, sure. I'm a mom and I don't know that any of my kids would have been happy sitting on a set for, you know, 12 hours a day. I loved it. I really, truly loved it. I loved, you know, love reading the script. I love working with the director. I loved everything about it. A lot of people wouldn't like it. And my sister would cry when they bring her out under the lights. Mm. I love, I loved the lights so much that um, when I um, fell at home um, during the filming of Bewitched, I fell and I cut my chin and had to get stitches. I cried until I got to the hospital and they turned on the lights and I stopped crying because I thought I was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> But they wrote it into the episode of Bewitched. They wrote it in that um, since I had to have a Band-Aid over my stitches that I, I tried to fly. And so I hurt myself flying. But um, the true honest backstory is that I was so excited that we were having ice cream sundaes for dinner that I jumped up and down and fell on my face. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. That is hysterical. I love yeah. little inside moments like that. I, I'm what I like to call a delightful klutz. <laughs> So did, what did, what, just out of curiosity then, what did your sister go on, you know, what is, what did she choose for her career? Uh, she, well, during the time I was doing which she still auditioned. She did, oh. she did a bunch of commercials and things, but um, she went on, she's a medical writer. She works for um, Allergan, Inamed and, and does medical writing. And she wow. loves, she's, she's happy working 
in an office and when and I love my sister tremendously I talk to her a few times a week but when I've gone to visit her at work and I can't believe I'm saying this publicly because I've never even said this to her I think I would die if I had to sit in an office and and, and be in an office every day it's just People are, you know, have different interests and in what they're happy with. And I, you know, I she doesn't agree. like what I do. I don't, can't imagine what she does. So can you tell me now after, okay, so you, you moved to Orange County, you, you, you were uh, the class president, you end up doing, you're the homecoming queen. Um, you, you, you went to college. What did you take at college, by the way? Did you stay in the entertainment vein or what did you? I kind of telecommunications and film, but the okay. hard thing for me, I, I didn't figure it out for many years that entertainment and acting and all of that was kind of a viable career path. Since it was so ingrained in who I am as a person, I didn't think of it as a job. So when people would talk about, well, what do you want to do for work? I, for some reason, never thought of acting or any of it as a career path since I'd already done it. I thought, wow. does that make sense? I think it's yes, only because... Yes. I started as a baby. So I thought, okay, I need to figure out what my job should be as a grown up. And then everything kept leading back to the entertainment business. And I started, you know, teaching acting. Um, when I had my first son, I worked as a makeup artist for many years, you know, for Italian Vogue and on commercials and, wow. and things like that. And I did some casting, which I enjoyed a lot. And then um, we were living in Arizona. I'd bought a little ranch out there when I got the bewitched money. And um, since Arizona is a right to work state, they don't have unions. And since I was in the entertainment business and I was teaching acting and people knew that I'd, I'd been on TV and done a, a fair amount of work, I started working on every production that came into town. Oh, wow. So I um, worked on a show called Young Riders with Josh Brolin and- uh-huh. um, you know, a lot of people. And I worked on every movie that came into town and I could do any job I wanted because you didn't have to be a member of a union, which is, is crazy now because I believe in unions. Sure, but of course, at the time sure. I, w- I was able to be a stunt person. So I did stunts on things and I, you know, I kind of tried everything and I thought, I love this business so much. I just kind of needed to figure out what my place was in the business, but I, you know, everything I do and love to do is is centered around television and film and radio. Aaron, you got to write that book. I mean, seriously, it's it's. I agree. It's, it's so freaking well rounded. I mean, you're because you're. I, I've known you for a while. I've known kind of the bits and pieces that you've done, and I knew about the makeup and the cat, but I never knew about. I'm in Arizona doing. I never knew about stunts. You you've got a book to write. You do. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, the, by the way, did you did you keep the scripts from Bewitch? Um, those I lost. Ah. I lost them in a storage unit when I lost my my um, my yearbooks. So someone out there has has a box with all of my scripts. For I know I things like that. It, it's part of what people need to do. I know I'm very good about it. Sometimes you just have to let things go because I'm not someone to sit in a room and cry and be sad about it. You just have to think okay, it's gone and, you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, no, they'll end up on eBay or something someday. And, and then you can buy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I do agree with Bob, though. If you were to say to someone, you know, this is actually Aaron Murphy who played Tabitha, I would love to get it, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. I can't they imagine. That was like, it's yours. No, people, unfortunately, most people aren't that kind. I think they would charge me double. <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, 
good, good point. Yeah, that, that doesn't work so well. So at this stage of, I, I, I'm gathering, going back to when we started this, you said that uh, since your son is now, it, was it your son or daughter leaving high school? I, I have six boys, so they're all sons. Oh, six boys. Wow. What a big family. That, that's impressive. Um, but uh, you're thinking now about possibly going back uh, more, uh, more in I the said, acting vein? I started back a few years ago. I mean, um, when the kids were younger in the early 2000s, I really wanted to start doing a little bit. So that's when I started doing some correspondent work. I worked for the Fox Reality Channel for seven years as a correspondent because it was something where I could go one day, shoot a bunch of episodes, be back in time to pick up kids from school. Right, so it right. kind of led into that. So I mean, I was doing you know, infomercials and things like that because you know you work a day or two and it's it's a solid income. exactly it is but, um yeah the last few years i started there i did a year of saying yes to all the projects that were offered to me mm -hmm. and uh, for many years i said i would never do a play that that i did one once when i was in my early 20s it was a great and then horrible experience and i said it's just not for me. It's not, it's, you know, this doing the same thing over and over and right. over. And it's, it just wasn't for me. And it was probably the, it was a modern day version of Macbeth oh. done in North Hollywood, oh. right by the TV Academy, Bob. So it was, I, I had been dating a male model and he wanted to be an actor and he went to Stella Adler. And for some reason I would go, you know, I go with him on auditions and it, this horrible thing would happen that every audition he would go on, I didn't have an agent. I wasn't really trying to act. Every <laughs> audition he would go on with me, I would get the job. <laughs> so it's like, we're not even hiring girls, but you're perfect. So right. it was a little awkward. So he, we went to this audition in North Hollywood. He auditioned to be McDuff in Macbeth. He got the part. And then the producer, I'm in the back row of this little theater. He said, you, and he points to the darkened back row. Oh and he gosh. said, I, I want to cast you as virtually every other part in Macbeth. So it was a modern day version <laughs> of Macbeth. He didn't know, and no one in the cast knew anything about that I was on Bewitched. I never told them anything. So wow. I did play where I was, the witches in Macbeth were prostitutes shooting heroin. It was oh the weirdest, dark thing. So I was one of the witches, I was the nurse, I was the son and something else. I was yeah, every four or five characters. And it was a long run. And, you know, it's a little black box theater and you do it over and over. And yeah. I got to the point where I just, it wasn't for me. So I said, never again. Fast forward to a couple years ago and a bunch of my friends are doing plays. And I, I was asked to do a play in the Valley called Dead Pilot Society, where they took, um, mm -hmm. I think that's it. No, Hollywood Shorts, where it was all TV actors oh, doing yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that, loved it, cast all my friends in it, did another one of those, then did Dead Pilot Society, where they're TV pilots that never made it to air, but right. done by real TV writers and TV yeah. actors. And I kind of loved that, loved casting that. And then, um, I don't know, I just, I've done a couple little short things with friends if friends want me to do a, a part in something. Mm -hmm. And um, during the pandemic, I got pulled in, luckily, luckily into a loop group, which is- Oh my gosh, it, that's Bob knows it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things to break into and yeah. voice over. It's, it's something I really love to do. So Good. I did a lot, I mean, I really love to do it. And so 
I, I did the stand, the Stephen King thing. I worked on a project up at Skywalker. I mean, it's it's kind of great. So kind of, yeah, no, and it's good. I, I don't think I do. I used to loop Disney movies when I was a kid. So I, I used to do a bunch of voiceover stuff and it's just getting back into it. And I love it. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's time to start. Now, now I, I, have, I have something to report. Okay. Um, you remember the episode with Irving Bates where you turned the, the adult, uh, I think it was Ron Masak into a little boy? Of course. On eBay is that script. And I think it's yours. Oh, no. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, you can't see this. Okay. But the, see, the, the, tap, the tap of the lines are oh, under. It's mine. It's oh, mine. my God. Is that wild? <laughs> That's and wild. It's, it's just under $400. <laughs> I, listen. I'm just saying. That's awesome. I'll go look oh. for it when we're done. That's great. I'm gonna send you the. I'm gonna send you the link right now. Okay, send me the link. That's, awesome. That's hilarious. I'm hoping maybe they have the whole box. Although if they've got all of them and there are 118 at 400 bucks, we're talking real cash here. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody we, we are talking. We are talking real cash. But I, I would, I would play the Aaron yeah. Murphy card and say, if you have kids, I'll send you an autographed picture. I, th I think if That's I get right. it. I think if I get it, I'll just buy this one for full price and then play the Aaron Murphy card to see if they have more. <laughs> okay. um, we are we are unfortunately going to get cut off again. We have had too much fun. <laughs> um, so I will uh, I will have to end it, unfortunately, Aaron. Otherwise, otherwise we're doing another one. But uh, but honestly, thank you so much. Of you were course. just fantastic. You rock, Aaron Murphy. You're the best. You really do. It was a total pleasure. Oh, thank thanks. You. Good. Yeah, just thanks a bunch. I, I maybe maybe we can do a second one at some point. Who who knows? Of course. Yeah, let me know. I'd be happy to. All right. Well, thanks. Awesome. Thanks again. It just just was uh, a thrill. I could talk. Look for your email. Later. Look for your email. Okay, I will. Get that okay. script. I will. Don't bid against me. Oh, <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. All right. See you guys. Bye guys. Bye bye. Hey, you can also see Aaron Murphy in this podcast on our YouTube channel, That's Classic, as well as other celebrities like Jerry Mathers and Ronnie Shell. Also, follow us on iTunes and Spotify and leave us a review. Thank you very much.